Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Buckeye Talk fans. It's been a while. How you guys doing? We know you missed us. Doug Maurice, Bill Landis, Ari Wasserman from Cleveland.com, the Ohio State coverage team here. We give you Buckeye Talk every week. We didn't do it last week. I was in Disney World, and that's the best reason you can have for not doing your podcast. Uh, I ran a half marathon. I walked the last four miles, and a woman in a Tinkerbell costume in a walking boot passed me, and I finished surrounded by grandmothers. So anyway, that was my week. How were you guys? You finished, man. Give yourself some credit. No credit. Do people do people quit? No. Nobody quit? <laughs> people like like 65-year-old people who like got knocked over and got a concussion quit, but not 40-year-old dudes who are moderately still... Supposedly okay. healthy. You're a loser. I'm I am. A, I'm impressed by it. 13, 13.1 miles, right? 13.1. Yeah. I couldn't do that. See, like, but I, I couldn't do it either, but I still, what you, it's like, what, it's like you just moseyed along. I was like, oh. How long would it take for a person to walk at a normal pace 13.1 miles? Like four hours? Yeah. It took me three and a half. So, I mean, it wasn't that, it was oh. not an athletic endeavor, but I got to run past, like, uh, it's a small world. So, anyway, we're going to do, like, a combo... Basketball, football, Ohio State podcast. Um, we're trying to figure out how we should compare the two programs and how much should be expected out of the basketball program compared to what is expected out of the football program. And I think this is an interesting discussion because it's going to tell us something about Thad Mata and the basketball program and what people should be thinking about it right now. But I think it's also going to tell us something about what reasonable expectations are for the football team um, because – you know, this is a little bit nuts right now. I think we had we had mentioned that earlier that we're sort of in a mode with the football team of expecting the playoff every year is a reasonable expectation. So we're going to get into that a little bit more. Do we really mean that? What does that really look like? Um, but let's start a little bit with basketball. And I know I think we have more football fans out there than we have basketball fans. But I, I think this is an interesting time for the basketball program. So... Let me run this exercise by you. We'll try to do it quickly, okay, to get through it and get a baseline. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to run through the Big Ten basketball standings, and I want you two guys to tell me whether overall the shape of the program, not just this year, but in general, should Ohio State be expected to have a better basketball program than this school that I mentioned, or is it reasonable to expect that no, that school should have a better ball basketball? This is going to be eye opening. Based on recruiting base, tradition, facilities, that kind of thing. Sort of the expectations around those programs. Because I think sometimes in our little Ohio State audience, we forget that there are other people out there who 
also sometimes don't live up to expectations. And you um, are not going to answer like usual, right? I'm going to – I am the host. <laughs> you guys can buzz in and I'm just going to – I think that at the end the you should be able to – okay, whatever. Forget it. I'll be the tiebreaker. I'm done trying to change you. If you guys disagree, I'll be the tiebreaker. Okay, good. Okay. That's good. Um, okay, so we're, we're going to go uh, in the order of the standings as we're doing this. From top um, to bottom. From top to bottom. Purdue. What is a reasonable expectation? <laughs> it's who, really difficult. Yeah. Who <laughs> should be the better overall basketball program, Purdue or Ohio State? You go first since you're the beat writer. <clears throat> I think I'm going to say it's so difficult. I'm going to say Ohio State. I'm going to say Ohio State a lot, I think. I think my first inclination on that one was Purdue, but then when I thought about it a little bit more, I think I agree. Ohio State. Okay. I think I might go Purdue because it's a basketball. Indiana's a basketball state. state yeah. They're close enough to Chicago, I think, to, that they should be able to recruit a little bit there. And clearly at Purdue, basketball's ahead of football. So for those fans, they expect the, the basketball team to be better than the football team. Not just this year, but every year and every year for See, the last 80 it, years. You, before we continue this, I want to make sure that I'm thinking about this the right way. Yeah. When it comes to money invested in the program – and we don't have those numbers in front of us right now, but I feel like Ohio State has invested a lot of money in their basketball program, despite the fact that they're secondary to football, right? Yeah. And I sometimes wonder, in a, in Purdue's the perfect example, Purdue is a basketball first school probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder who has invested more from a university from the top in their program. And that's kind of also part of my thinking. And I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it does because that's I, my my mind first and foremost goes to money. And maybe it shouldn't because there's a lot of things. It's that all go, about money, I, right? I go, to, I go to money. So all these schools based on money, Ohio State should have a better program than them because Ohio State. And sometimes like off the has, top of your head, if you guess, do you think – who do you think has invested more in their program, yeah. Purdue or Ohio State? I don't know if there's another Big Ten program who has as much money as Ohio State. Like Ohio State's top five in the country athletic department, the money they bring in. I don't, and I don't know – who the most lucrative are, but and maybe money is too murky to to swim through because we don't know the numbers. But I well, I think because it's not just it's what you do with the money, right? Because the money is used to get kids to come there. That's all that money is. Money is to get the best players to pick your school because that's what they poured into waterfalls. They poured yeah. in the new weight rooms. They poured into like Ohio State's more amenities right? for the players. Ohio but, State's basketball facilities. Are nice. I don't have a comparison, but they're. I mean, they're, they're not, not the Woody Hayes. They're not though. decrepit. But yeah, yeah. They're, they just redid them. Yeah, like their locker rooms nice. They just redid like the walkway outside the practice facility. It's got a bunch of LeBron stuff out there, and they're good for they're good facilities. They got who, the Mike Conley weight room. Who has a better arena to play in? Every one of the Ohio Big Ten State other is going to lose that battle every time. But that's part of the that's deal. Part, yeah, yeah. That's, and, yeah, and because part of this, is, I think, is the evaluation of Thad Mata. Thad Mata is saddled with that arena. Any coach <clears> who comes <throat> here is saddled with that arena, just like you're saddled with a lack of tradition if you don't have it. Now, you can always raise more money, but you're also saddled with your recruiting base. You're saddled with where you are geographically. You're saddled with the campus. It's not always saddled. Sometimes it's a great bonus. But I'm saying there are some things you can't control. And at the moment, the basketball coach at Ohio State cannot control that basketball state. Okay, then I'm changing my answer to Purdue. Whereas the shoe in football is a draw. They bring recruits in there with 105,000 people in there on a Saturday, and they say, don't you want to come play in this? 
And those kids from Ohio and Texas and Florida and Georgia and California and all over the country look up at that stadium and 105,000 people in there screaming their heads off and they say, wow. Yeah. And Thad Mata brings basketball players to that arena and says, hey, here's this arena. You want to play here? Do any kids just go, wow, this is an NBA arena, this is really nice, or is it not like that? No, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. like... Because it's a nice arena, <clears throat> and it's, like, nice from... I don't from... think it's that nice. I think it's old and outdated. And really? cavernous and boring. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I don't think there's very much to like about that building. It's perhaps... It looks the... nice from the curb. It's the worst of both worlds in that it has no tradition and no aura, because it's not old... Like St. John Arena or like so many of the arenas yeah. in the Big Ten. But it doesn't blow your socks but off. But by yeah. now, I mean, I don't know. We should look it up. How old is it? I think it's, was born, wasn't it made in 88 or, or 98? 98, I think. So like so you said, something that's old. almost 20 years old is not new. I mean, they tear down, they tear down baseball stadiums when they're 20 years old now. But there was that time, um, I mean, like when you think about what Major League Baseball parks, what they did, they started making them. The new ones they started building, they tried to make them quaint. They started to make them feel quaint because there was that era when people were building baseball stadiums that were just big and new and cavernous. And it was just like they're new. And then once you're not new anymore, you're just big and cavernous. Yeah. And I think I get your point with yeah. Schottenstein Center and Value City Arena is that there's not a lot of built-in character to it. So once it's 20 years old, it's just kind of like, yeah, it's not as nice as the Q. Q's newer. You know? And I don't know that they built that stadium with Ohio State basketball as the forefront of the, the thought, right? They built it as an Clearly not, because it's a terrible basketball venue. I so. mean, it's great for concerts and things, but um, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to make us go off the No, off but, track, I think it but was I think it was good to sort of lay, lay out there what we're talking about, because my mind immediately jumped the money when you said Purdue, given everything you just talked about. So then about. I'm changing like, my what answer. What do you do with the money? Here's the, it's the thing. I mean, it's, it's should... It's part of it to me again is a lot of it is what would an 18-year-old kid pick, right? Yeah. Almost no matter who the coach is because part of the reason of this discussion is should the coach change, right? So the coach is certainly part of it, but there's all the other stuff that's part of it that's built in. So – and then based – part of whether a kid would pick it, it that then affects, well, should the – do fans have a reasonable expectation to think how good you should be? So let's do Purdue again. Purdue or Ohio State? I changed my mind. Purdue. Purdue. I would say Purdue. Wisconsin. 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 I would say Wisconsin. Maryland. 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 I would say Maryland. Maryland's awesome basketball. I mean, Maryland's still an ACC school that just happens to play in the Big Ten. But when it comes to basketball, it's still an ACC school. For sure. Minnesota. Uh, Ohio State for me. I think it's close. But I think I'd say Ohio State. I would say Ohio State. Michigan State. Michigan State. Michigan State. Michigan State. Northwestern. Ohio State. Ohio State. Ohio State. Michigan. I think they're so similar. I think they're the same. It's like a coin flip for me. And they have a better arena. They do have a better arena, but they also suffer from, like, it's dead there, too. Like, when I was there this year. Is it? People just, like, there's not. And it's because... There's just not a lot of juice around the program. Like if they're that's the difference. Because it was with really them. loud when they went to when they had Trey Burke. Because stuff, I think the like, thing about the shot is even if you filled it, I still think it sucks. They think there'd be seventeen thousand people in there and it's still dead. It's not a college basketball venue. If yeah. you put if you filled Chrysler to the roof, and Michigan was good, it's a good it's a good venue. I think they're the same. I don't know. 
I agree with you. I, I, I think it's enough of a coin flip that we could call it a tie for now. Yeah. Okay. I think that's reasonable. Iowa. Ohio State. Ohio State. I would say Ohio State. Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, I, I guess based on recruiting territory, maybe I'd say Illinois. I might say Ohio State, but I think um, that's another place where I think people think the job's going to be open. And I think John Gross at Illinois hasn't done nearly as much as Thad Mata has done at Ohio State. Clearly, because John Gross was here for part of the best stuff of Ohio State and helped make it happen and hasn't duplicated that at Illinois. Um, but John Gross has gotten a, little, a pretty decent run at Illinois of not being great and hasn't been ushered out the door when I actually think it would be reasonable. How long has John Gross been there? John Gross has been at Illinois. I think it's five years, I, think. I think it's reasonable for Illinois to have higher basketball expectations than it feels like to me they've had for the past couple of years. That they've maybe been a little more patient. 2012 is yeah. when they started five Illinois. Years, four or five so years this now. is his This is his sixth year? What's I'm bad at adding things. This is his fifth season at Illinois. And how many times did he make the NCAA tournament? Uh once, his first year. Okay. So it's like, here we are. Thad Mata hasn't missed the tournament. for, for They've been not in the tournament once. I mean, not mm-hmm. once, but one year. John Gross has been in it. This If they miss it this year, and they will, it'll be the fourth straight year they've missed it, right? Yeah, and that's going to cost what, John Gross his job. NCAA first year, NIT, NIT, nothing last year. And then this year, some people think they're on the bubble, which I think is kind of crazy, but I would be pretty surprised if they made it. So Illinois missing it for the fourth straight year will cost John Gross his job. And Thad Mata missing it for the second straight year has some people calling for Thad Mata's job when he's made two Final Fours and won five Big Ten titles. So that's when I think the expectations at Illinois should be fairly equal to, if not higher, than at Ohio State. You guys both said Illinois, right? Yeah, I think I so I think Illinois. I agree with you. I think that there is a large contingent of Ohio State fans who would strongly disagree with that premise. That this Ohio State should be better? Yes. Okay. Nebraska. Uh Ohio State. I also think that's Nebraska's got like a really good arena. Um, I don't know how much people care about Nebraska basketball, but they sell out every game, and they have a really good environment there, and they have a brand-new arena. I think there's a little more um, interest in that program than there is in Ohio State's, so I think that's pretty close to even in my mind. I think they're both football-first schools, and Ohio State has a better basketball tradition than Nebraska does. For sure. Like, Ty Lu is the best player in the history of Nebraska basketball. They just retired his number. I think it might be the second best, but I mean, but they know, also Ohio have State basketball. has John Havlicek and Jerry Lucas and... Greg Oden and Mike Conley and Evan, you know. Yeah. So I would I would hashtag, say Ohio State. Hashtag Nebraska ball. Indiana. Indiana. Do I have to answer that? No, Indiana, obviously. <laughs> Penn State. Shouldn't have a basketball program. Correct. And yeah. Rutgers. Oh, uh, program. Listen, man, when Quincy Doobie was launching threes back in the Big East at Rutgers, that was that was. <laughs> I don't even basketball. think that's a person. I think that you made him up in your head. I've never heard that name in my life. You ate like <laughs> you ate too many cheesesteaks and invented a guy named Quincy Doobie in your head. YouTube Quincy Doobie. Um, okay, so by our count, we had one, Purdue, Wisconsin, Maryland, Michigan State. 
That's four that are clearly better. And then Illinois would be five. And then, wait, and Indiana is six. I think Indiana, I think there's five that are clearly better. Purdue, Wisconsin, Maryland, Michigan State, Indiana. Yes. And then I think Illinois and Michigan are both very close with Ohio State Mm -hmm. in the same realm. Yeah. Okay. So here's the point we just made. It's a 14-team league with a couple real clunkers in there. I mean, the Rutgers has no tradition. Um, Penn State has no tradition. There's a couple that are way down there. But, you know, there are – Ohio State is no better than the sixth – than ha, has the right to think it should be no better than the sixth best overall program in the Big Ten. Maybe seventh, maybe eighth. Where should Ohio, rank, Ohio State rank in football? In the Big Ten. First. <clears throat> right? Yeah. I mean, like, it's, not- it's a stupid question. <clears throat> so, do you think that people think of it like that? Let's say, so we said Illinois, Michigan, Ohio State were close. There's five clearly better. So, let's call them seventh. Right? That splits the difference of the ones they're close with. One program And seventh is a bubble team, right? The seventh best yeah. team in the Big Ten. One should be the best team. In the Big Ten. Is that how fans think about it? No. Not at all. Oh, well, I wonder, the thing that I always, because we did this, I think. Didn't we do this in my apartment before? After the last podcast, I think we, we, had, this we, we had this we conversation. Yeah. We didn't record it. I think the answers to this conversation change based on time periods, too. I think you might look at it differently. I wonder if you asked this in 2011 or 2009. If we would have answered them the same way, because at one point I felt like Ohio State might have been the best coaching job in the country outside of the Dukes and the Carolinas and the things like that. When they were at the height of it, it seemed like Ohio State would have been. That, I don't know if I agree with that, and it probably was off. It just I'm saying what the way that you view the program. I'm not saying that that is a fact. I'm saying that the way you viewed the program in those time in periods, moment, I think, yeah. have shifted. But Indiana. There was a time when Indiana was down, right? And part of Thad Mata's accomplishment here at Ohio State is taking advantage of Indiana and Purdue being down for a little bit. But those programs should be better. When Ohio State was winning Big Ten titles and going to the Sweet 16 every year, people in Indiana should have been saying, how can stinking Ohio State be going to the Sweet 16 every year and Indiana can't even make the tournament? This is ridiculous. That's not how it should be. Even in that moment, when you said who should be the best, the better program, your answer was still Indiana, even when Ohio State was kicking their butt. No, I don't. I, I think I would put Indiana on the fringe of the Carolina discussion. Exactly. Oh yeah, so, it's a blue blood. So sure. that's that's so if they're a blue blood, it, yeah. is Ohio State a blue blood in basketball? No, no, no. I don't think that we. I, I don't know. My People, point is, is that like, I think they should be. They're, and that's why people want, want Thad gone after these two years. And the arguments also has been two years, has been four years. We're operating under two years because we're not going to call a season in which you make the NCAA tournament, have the number two overall pick in, in the NBA draft, and lose to a team that had three NBA players in the starting lineup in the second round of the tournament a failure. Right. That's just like a college basketball season. Um, but NIT last year looks like NIT this year. That's enough for people to think they should be gone because they view Ohio State on the same level as Kentucky and Duke and North Carolina. Which you really think people do that? 
Well, the thing I can't tell is like there are definitely people who do that. The thing I can't tell is what percentage of the fan base do those people make up? Is it less than 5%? Is it – it's not half. Or I don't even know if it's 25% because if it was, I think the calls for Thad Mata to lose his job would be a lot louder and they're not. But there is a, at least a small percentage of the fan base who thinks that Ohio State should be Duke. Which Why I think, think is – I don't they know. Never, that because, they've never been Duke. Well, I think now that they've seen what Thad accomplished early in his tenure by going to two Final Fours because and winning it. I feel like in the 90s, Ohio State basketball, maybe for the most of the 90s, I know they went to the <laughs> Final Four, and I think it was 97. Wasn't Ohio State basketball Penn State basketball? Like, teams have random Final Four runs. It doesn't happen all the yeah. time, but it yeah. happens. And, like, teams have three-year stretches because they got a really good recruiting class where they're inexplicably the best team in their conference when they haven't been historically. Like, that happens. Because it happened here, and then it had a little bit of longevity for what eight years, people think that's the standard now. And I don't, I don't know if they're a hundred percent wrong in expecting that to be the standard. If it was a, if it was shown for a stretch of more than one rec- recruiting cycle that it could happen here. Let me ask you this: Should and let's talk. Let's make this a football, basketball combined recruiting discussion. Yes. And maybe I mean we, we we end up talking about Georgia football recruiting a lot on this yeah. podcast. I feel like like I feel like you guys have written like some of the definitive stories about Georgia football. So that's that's Dollar B's vision. So, someone like down the line, it's like Mark Richt got fired because some booster for Georgia like was like cruising around Clinton.com was like, wait, here's this story about how Mark Rick can't get anybody in Georgia to go to Georgia. Well, Georgia was the most underachieving program in college football. I just want to say it again. So <laughs> if. Ohio State football gets Raekwon McMillan out of Georgia and he goes to Ohio State. Do you think that is a black mark on the Georgia coach? Or is that one of those things where, man, he was he was a five-star, he was one of the best players in the country, and it's freaking Ohio State. How do you view Raekwon McMillan going to Ohio State? The same way, is, okay. the same way I view Duke taking um, Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard. Which, okay, so is that, but is, are either of those a black mark against the team that he, his hometown team that he didn't go to? Is that a black mark against Georgia football and a black mark against Ohio State basketball if you can't keep Raekwon McMillan and Luke Kennard in state? This is the point that he's making, I think, because I think it's more of a black mark on Georgia football than yeah. it is Ohio State basketball, and we're talking based on what the program should be, right, which is the entire point. I mean, part of the point, when Ohio State gets five-star Raekwon McMillan in football, people are like, wow, they got Raekwon McMillan to leave Georgia and come here. Even though they're Ohio State football, it's still a big deal, right? And then Luke Kennard goes to Duke, and people are like, what the heck? How can't you keep Luke? You can't keep Luke Kennard at home. And it's like, he went to Duke. <laughs> he went to Duke. What, what are you talking about? He went to Duke. I would go to Duke. Everybody would go to Duke. Stuff happens, right? That's how I think of it. If you celebrate one, don't you have to understand the other? You can't say, yeah. awesome, they got Raekwon, and then be like, ah, oh, horrible. He lost Luke Kennard. He should be fired. I don't think you can do both. No, I agree with that. Unless Duke was in Columbus. Yeah. It's just they're different programs. That's the whole point. But Ohio State's Duke. Well, Ohio State's Duke. Right. Ohio State, Ohio football, State is Duke football, football is Duke basketball. basketball. I mean, yeah. it's, it's whatever. And guess what? Calipari gets whoever he wants. Krzyzewski gets whoever he wants. Urban Meyer, right now, gets whoever he wants. Thad Mata will never get 
whoever he wants. And I don't think anybody in the Big like outside of maybe Izzo, I don't know if any program in the Big Ten gets whoever they want. No, because I, I think the whoever they want crowd in both sports is very small. I think the whoever they want crowd is no more than three or four schools in either sport. And the crop of players of basketball obviously is much smaller too. Yeah, but I think in but football also it's, way only, it's only Ohio State and Alabama, right? In football, who's the whoever they want crowd in, Ohio, in football? Is is Clemson's not at that level yet? Are they? Is Michigan at that? I don't level? know if Ohio no? State is at that level. They still lose out on kids. But yeah, you mean at the highest highest point of college football recruiting, there are two. And so, how many? Other and then there's like there's always like a third swinging door of three and four, like Florida State, Clemson, and other schools like that in football. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. you right. know what I mean? It's not the best the, team in the Florida best. at the moment. Yeah, that's a good point. I think there's like a revolving door of three and four and five. Yeah. USC back when Pete Carroll was there, right? right. That would yeah. fit. And sometimes not- I wonder if Ohio State at one point in the Trussell era was three and four. I don't think Ohio State was always number one and two with Alabama like they are. No, no I don't think they were. So, but like I think the difference is, is that Ohio State had the tradition, the stadium, the NFL picks, the championships to warrant being number one and two. And I think like your to your point, either you have those things or you don't. And Ohio State basketball probably doesn't have those things. So in basketball, how many are there? Who's the whoever they want crowd in basketball? Duke, Duke Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas. Kansas. Um, I think like Louisville's close with Patino. Yeah, Louisville's close. Um, and, and I think by what I mean by the whoever they want crowd is if, you are, if you're a team that's not in that crowd, right? And, you and a team that is in that crowd comes after a guy you want, you're going to lose to him. Now, I understand like right, Ohio right, State's right, going right. to lose to Alabama sometimes. But like, and like Carolina is going to beat Duke sometimes. But, but like, if, if Duke wants somebody in Southern California, these UCLA might be in that crowd. I don't know. No, I think, ba- I think in basketball for sure, it's it's Duke, Carolina, Kansas, and Kentucky. But like, if yeah, like or if, the four, no doubt about it. Whoever yes. they want, they can go get them. So there was that a couple years ago when they had Luke Kennard went to Duke and Carlton Bragg went to Kansas. <clears throat> My reaction was, "What are you going to do? You're that. not going to beat those guys, even for home state kids." Was that the right reaction, or what is. is the level of expectation that no, 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 no? Ohio State should be good enough to keep guys like that home. No, I think that's I think that's the right reaction. I think that's a fair expectation. Of course, you'd want them, and it's not that Ohio State didn't want them; it's that Ohio State couldn't offer those guys what Here's the Kansas issue. offered them. I think that we're all on the same page here, and you would know this the best, Doug, because you were on the beat. But who else recruited Sullinger? You know what? Like, I don't know that because it felt like he was always coming here. But who he was from Columbus. What about Odin? I mean, Odin was the number one recruit in the country. And it's that Thad and Ohio had, State has developed a relationship yeah. with Greg Odin and Mike Conley while he was at Butler because they were Indianapolis kids. He was in Indianapolis and he was recruiting them when they were so young. Then he left Butler and went to Xavier and was still recruiting them and was actually had a shot to get them to Xavier. But Xavier wasn't a big enough school for them. And then he finally got to a school that was big enough for them to consider it. And they were so tight with him that it just worked out. Okay, so now here's my point on that. It's happened at Ohio State before. Where they have taken blue chip, top of the line recruits and brought them to Ohio State. It's happened multiple times. And I don't know if you even want to consider Deshaun uh, Thomas. and Who's even. sorry. And even um, D'Angelo Russell. There's never any time in college football recruiting where Indiana football is pulling Raekwon. And I think that's where the confusion happens. Because Ohio State 
might be the Indiana of basketball at times, the Indiana football of basketball in their own conference at times. But the fact that they've seen it happen three, four, maybe even five times in 10 years made it seem ordinary. And I think that that is the general basis or foundation of the confusion. It's hard. The Odin and Conley thing was the thing I just described was lightning in a bottle. It was a perfect circumstance that would be hard to duplicate. Jared Sullinger, his older brother went here. He was from Columbus. He was all in the whole time. Evan Turner was a three-star kid that they did a good job getting in on and beating Wisconsin for. He was a Chicago kid, but he was not one of the top 10 recruits in the country. He just, they developed him into that, into the player of the year in nationally in college basketball. And then D'Angelo Russell and Ari, you know this better than anybody, but basically they swayed him on the idea of if you come here, you're the man. And if you go to Louisville or Kentucky or someplace like that, you're one of five guys in the class. And the ability to get Russell, I think, was kind of enabled by the fact that Ohio State had a proven track record in the recent history of developing NBA draft picks. So it wasn't just like D'Angelo. It wasn't like Indiana selling Raekwon McMillan in football saying, come here and be the man on our football team. It's Ohio State at that point had a sales pitch of come here and be the next one of these guys. Right. And that doesn't exist for middle-tier teams in football. And um, I think that is really what happened. And the fact is, is in the question that you probably want to ask is, is Ohio State basketball capable of pulling D'Angelo Russell again? Because if they're not, then maybe that's what makes you think, well, there should be a change because Thad was such a great recruiter and brought such talent in and they went to the Final Four with those talents. But if he's no longer able to attract those talents, then maybe try to find somebody who can. But I guess my question is, who could? Why would yeah. you think that anybody could get D'Angelo Russell to come to Ohio State? Is it a reasonable expectation to expect head coach X at Ohio State to get D'Angelo Russell? No, I don't think so. And that's something like people people get mad when like Wisconsin is better than Ohio State and Purdue is better than Ohio State and Michigan State to a certain extent. Although Izzo got a couple of McDonald's All Americans last year and has. <laughs> a pretty good guy coming in next year. We're like, these aren't programs that are bringing in McDonald's All-Americans every year. They're just not. Every now and then they do, but these are programs that are recruiting more developmental guys, four-star, three-star guys. They're not bringing in five stars. They're not bringing in one-and-dones for the most part. Um, so, no, I don't think that should be – why would that be an expect, expected of Ohio State when that's not really the norm for the conference that Ohio State plays in? And it's only the norm for five programs in the country. And I think that the, uh, maybe a good word for – this entire discussion, and maybe even a headline word, you guys can decide. I think confusion is a good word. Is that weird? Confusion about what Ohio State basketball right. should be? Yeah. I think that's the general vibe, I think, that is the issue. And I think that confusion was created by great success at a time where Thad might have even gotten kind of lucky with the talent that he... I'm not saying that he didn't draw Odin and Conley. I mean, he had to be a heck of a... Like he, in that situation, to be able to create those relationships is huge. But Sullinger fell into his lap. Yeah, I think Sullinger would have come here. It's like one of those things. Sullinger would have come here no matter who the Ohio State coach was, I think. Yeah. Probably. So let me ask you this. Here's a theory that I have. Let's see what you guys think. <clears throat> when Thad was doing his best with Odin and Conley, with Evan Turner, Jim Trestle was a football coach. And Ohio State was a very, very successful football program. But it was not one of the two best programs in the nation. 
it was not the general expectation of everyone around the program, fans and everybody else, that yes, of course, Ohio State football should be recruiting for, should be competing for a national championship every single year. They were the dominant team in the conference in a down football conference. But they were not Alabama, right? They just weren't. They lost two straight national championship games in 06 and 07. But after that, you know, they, they were number one during seasons and then they would lose. I mean, they were only losing one or two games a year. But it was not a national championship or bust mentality around the football program, even though they were really, really, really good. And basketball, in comparison, was winning the Big Ten just as much. You know, but there wasn't um, – and was basically having almost as much national success because they made some Final Fours and didn't win, just like Ohio State football was in the mix but didn't Played win. Played in the championship game in the same year. Both, Both lost to Florida the same year. Then Ohio State lost – yeah, I mean, was very similar, actually, the way – the way the programs were. So in that era, I'm really developing a, th- a thesis here. In that era, people began expecting the same things from football and basketball. Be the best team in the conference and be in the mix nationally every now and then. And then Urban Meyer came. And now the expectation that football is this is an inelegant phrasing, but national title or bust. That's the expectation. They're not expected to win the Big Ten and have a good year. They're expected to be in the mix as the best team in the nation every year. So football and basketball were at the same level for five or six years. The expect the results and the expectations. Then football went higher because this guy came Do you think who's that, nuts. Do you think that Ohio State basketball in the mid-2000s, was the expectations were the same? They developed to be the same, I think. I think once they, I think the results came first, then they developed the expectations. That by the time Odin and Conley were done, and then the Evan Turner crew and David Lighty and those guys came and, and went to the Final Four again, and Sullinger and Kraft and those guys, then people were like, yeah, this is what we should be. This is what we're supposed to be. So football went up from there, and basketball just was not sustainable at that level. And so from that point, football went up. Basketball came down, but there was enough time when they were at the same level that people started thinking of them the same way, and that has carried over, and that has led to people maybe calling for Thad to change because they think we got to basketball needs to be like football. There should be I buy that. The, the word thesis. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't around. You were around the program more than I was back in those days. Do you disagree with that, or what do you think? No, I, think I was never around the program in the mid two thousands. My first year on the beat was oh nine. So basketball was still pretty good in 09. <clears throat> they went to a Final Four win in 11? 2012. 2012 or 11? Yeah. So they were still – basketball, when I first joined the beat, was still a pretty good program. Um, I don't know if in 2006 fans showed up to the shot saying, if we don't go to the Final Four, this year's a failure. But I would buy that. I mean, they were – there was such a heightened state of excitement. They, everybody knew what Greg Oden was. I mean, yeah. everybody knew that you were seeing something that is not, that is that is a rare thing. Um, and they were, I mean, they were excited about it. I don't think they took it for you know they they were excited about it. But I remember sitting. Sometimes I'd look, and there were, there were non conference games early in that year where there were empty seats in the shot, 
And I would look and I would yell at the empty seats, don't you know what you're missing? Like, this is not normal. He's only going to – and then he, he had the injury at the start of his career. So he only played like 15, 15 games, games at the home. shot. Yeah. It's like, why are you not here watching this? And that was the best he ever was in his whole life. Yeah. Because he got the NBA and his body exploded. You saw the best. He is an unbelievable talent. And if you came to an Ohio State home game that year, you saw the best of him in his whole life. And he was unbelievable. Um, and they'll, they'll never, he'll never have a player like that. Thad Mata will never have another player like that. He was unbelievable. Anyway. He was, I mean, he was the best player. He was number one. In the, him and Sullinger were both number one in the country, right? As recruits? As recruits. I, I think so. But even Odin was on another level than Sullinger. Yeah. I mean, no yeah. one ever watched Jared Sullinger and thought, wow, that guy is like <laughs> Greg Odin. Which is no offense to Jared Sullinger. He was unbelievable. He was a first-team All-American as a freshman. He was the centerpiece of a team that was the best team in the country the whole year. They were the best team in the country. And they lost in the Sweet 16. So, but I do think that created a sense, that time period created a sense that was unsustainable for basketball. And when, and we just said they should be the seventh best team in the Big Ten, the seventh best program. I buy that. I think all that's true. And I think most rational Ohio State basketball fans will probably agree with most of what we just laid out. There are some, like I said, who were, get a little bit crazy and think they're Duke. But I think, I think the majority of fans don't think they're Duke. I think the majority of fans understand that that time period was a little bit of an anomaly. That said, and I don't know how deep you want to get into basketball with this, what's happening now should also not be the expectation. Because not right now, they're not the seventh best team in the Big Ten. No, right now they're the 13th best team in the Big Ten. They're bad. They're not the 13th best. What do you really think? Record-wise, they are. I don't They're know. Second to last? If they go into every game other than Rutgers and it's a toss-up and you don't know who's going to win, like who, how, who am I to say that they're the seventh-best team in the Big Ten? They're 6-10 and ten in conference. Oh, yeah. They're tied for next to last. They're tied for net with, with Penn State, Nebraska, and... Now, we're recording this on Tuesday, and they'll have played Penn State by the time you listen right, to this. But. but the point still stands. They're tied for the second-worst Big Ten record. Correct. And there's a there's a... A, sort of a jumbled mess of teams. Everyone's kind of similar. People think the Big Ten's not very good this year. But this current version of Ohio State basketball is not, given what we've all laid out here for the first 37 minutes of this podcast, is not what it should be at the moment. If they were the seventh best team in the Big Ten, they'd be 9-7 and seven in the league right now, and they're 6-10 and 10 as we speak. And yeah. I think that 9-7 and seven at this point in the season would be... If they were 9-7 and seven if they were nine and seven right now ago, and they were on the bubble, I think people would be okay with that, right? For sure. Most but people weren't okay with that two years ago when it was like this. Yeah. Because there have been people who weren't okay with it in D'Angelo's year. That's when it started, right? Yeah. That's what people view as... And as, like that was like considering that what happened There are happened people who D'Angelo's view D'Angelo's year as year two of what's been a four-year downturn. Because their record has been worse every year for But like, wouldn't years. Ohio State love the D'Angelo year right now? Yeah. I think that's a good basketball... I think that that is the standard that Ohio State should try to be. And that is like... I think that's the fair standard, right? Because if you're the seventh best team in the Big Ten, you, you should make the tournament. You make the tournament, Most you have an exciting team. player that might play in the NBA, you win a game in the NCAA tournament, you push... Was Arizona the two seed that year? They pushed them to the end of that game. Yeah. I thought that was a really... Yeah, they, they, that season, if that was year two of the decline, if we want to come up with a dream season... That should be the standard or the goal for Ohio State every year. And, of course, you exceed those expectations and you don't meet them. But if that's like the golden standard of what an Ohio State basket, an average 
Ohio State basketball season should look like. I think that the year D'Angelo Russell was a freshman should be the one that they try to achieve every year. Yeah, I agree with that. And so for a long time, they were above that. So now they're below it. So that's why I think Thad should get a chance to try to get it back to at least that level. No, I, I agree with that. Because over his tenure, they've certainly been better than the seventh best team in the Big Ten For sure. on average. Yeah, and they were the seventh best. What were they last year? I think they were the seventh best team in the Big Ten last year. Maybe they were, they were eleven eighth. and seven. Maybe they were the eighth yeah, record wise. Maybe they were the eighth. But they were like middle of the pack in the Big Ten last year. And I thought last year was worse than this year. Like and it's like sometimes I wonder, like, if Ohio State has a D'Angelo Russell year next year, would people be happy about that, or do they need to go back to the Final Four again for people to snap out of it? Yeah, that I don't know. I don't. I don't like, what know. is it going to take for them to not want him to be fired anymore? Maybe I you mean, get maybe to a stop, certain stop going to the NIT. Would be yeah right right right. I'm not saying that what he's doing is acceptable. I I want to know because people wanted him fired when he was still going to the tournament. Right. I wonder if people have been able to reassess that what they think should be an average Ohio State season. That's an interesting point though. The idea that so we just said they should be the seventh best team in the Big Ten, and right now today they're not. Yeah. So that's why it is, and that's I think it's a hard discussion, and why I don't like this discussion with the basketball team is like that so many people. By so many people, we mean like the people who tweeted us. I mean, like, we understand there's yeah. a lot of fans out there who aren't yeah. on Twitter and aren't interacting with us. We mean the people who tweeted us and get in the comments of the stories, basically. Which I mean, is it's a very of, vocal, it's a vocal very minority. We don't know if they yeah. speak or Vocal not. enough for Thad to make a joke about it. Thad hears it. Yeah. And, like, I think I asked him after they lost to Nebraska, after they blew. What was a, I think it was a five point lead with 30 seconds left and they lost Terrible to Nebraska. Loss. Nebraska That's State. among, and I've been covering this team since Thad's second year. That's among the worst losses I've seen. Right. And I, I thought that was about the time to, like, not ask him if he should still be the head coach, but maybe do a little bit of reassessment of, like, where the program is. So I asked a couple questions along those lines. And I think when he gets asked those questions, he realizes that maybe there are some other questions about him on the outside. He doesn't care, but he's aware of them. And he made, yeah. He made the joke about it after they beat Wisconsin, and like so most people wouldn't be happy. Yeah. Slipped in the fact that he's the program's all-time winningest coach while deflecting the fact that he had set a new record for coaching the most games. But he also said there are some people that wouldn't like me back, right? In that response, he said there are some people who would not be pissed off if I wasn't back. Yeah. So like he, it's not just five people on Twitter tweeting at us. It's loud enough for him to hear it for sure. Yeah. That is very interesting. He's. A, I think he's a really nice guy, and, and I've enjoyed covering him. And he is a pretty. Normal dude, I think. Um, but when he gets his back up a little bit, he is not afraid to slip in the accomplishment thing. And yeah. it's always sort of like a, you know, I, got, I don't know. I, got, I don't know what I'll do with these five Big Ten rings when I get fired. I don't, you know, like this yeah. totally, you know, like, well, if I, you know, if we hadn't built an NBA pipeline, maybe I'd be in uh, three Final Four instead of two. Yeah. But like, and he always, <laughs> he always has, and then he will know a stat that nobody else knows. And it's like, you know, I guess it's a pretty terrible thing to be the only one of eight coaches who have made two Final Fours in the last decade. And yeah. it's like, where did like you just <laughs> holstered that to drop it like as a humble brag when like yeah. someone starts pushing you on your? Status? He's like, he's like Dan, don't put that on the team notes. I'm going to give it to yeah. him. <laughs> um, all right, so let's shift it a little bit back to the people who mostly want to talk about football. With Urban Meyer or without, is it now reasonable? Should Ohio State be viewed as a – and again, I don't really mean this. It doesn't mean that you have to win the national championship every year, but it means that your goal every year is to win the national championship. And it doesn't mean that if you don't win it, you're a failure. This past season was not a failure. 
My gosh. It's a triumph. They I lost think. 16 starters and they went, they were in the playoff. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. But it is that your ultimate goal, reasonable ultimate goal, deep in the heart of the players, deep in the heart of the coaches, and right on the surface for the fans, is not to be the best team in the conference, is not to, you know, win double digits or whatever. Your ultimate goal really, truly, every year is to win the national championship. Is that where Ohio State football should be right now? Because at Duke for basketball, at Kentucky for basketball, at Kansas for basketball, you know, they're thinking Final Four every year, mm-hmm. right? You're not always going to get there. Sometimes you're going to get upset in the tournament. But every year, those teams are thinking, we are playing this season to position ourselves to win it. Maybe we won't win it, but we should be in position every year. Should Ohio State football be in position? And Alabama football certainly is, right? Should Ohio State football be in position to win it every year? I think without question. Yeah, as long as I don't think I don't even think it's a debate. With or without Urban? When with Urban, Urban if Urban left, I think it could go back to what it was like for Cooper and Tressler. I think Urban is a successful legend he's enough a, of a he's coach. He's a two-in-a-lifetime kind of coach because he's coaching at the same time as Nick Saban. That's hilarious. But good one. <laughs> close the computer. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that, that's true, but... I was going to say Ohio he's State, time, but he's not. Ohio State is Ohio State without Urban Meyer. They are this Ohio State with him. Can they be this Ohio State without him? I think it depends on who they hire, but probably not, right? With population shifts, demographics, everybody's moving to the south, recruiting bases in Florida and Georgia and Texas and California. Is it reasonable to expect that a team in the Midwest... Why have we done this before? Like, who should replace Urban? We have... And And it's like, I couldn't even tell you which coach outside of Nick Saban, which would be weird to even think about... Which coach in college football right now would even be worthy of the discussion? How can you follow this guy? Yeah, like what do you do next? I mean, like I think it was hard. It was hard for Earl Bruce to follow Woody Hayes. Man, it is going to be hard. Now, Woody is a legend. Woody stands on his own. Woody has made Ohio State football what it is. Um, But, man, this is not going to be an easy spot for whoever's next, whether it's someone who's associated with Urban or someone who has no association with Urban. Because don't you think, okay, don't you think people will expect it? I think people people hope that uh, Texas becomes a playoff team for four years to ten years, and then they can hire Tom Herman back. And then that seems to be the only logical next step in my head that I could create as in a fantasy world, that would make sense. Let me ask this question because maybe just to play devil's advocate a little bit, but there's an expectation because Urban Meyer throughout his career has created that expectation for himself, correct? Everywhere he's been, he's been successful. He won national championships in Florida. He's winning national championships here. Successful and successful extremely quickly. Why is he held against that expectation that he created and Thad Mata's not? Well, I mean, the question. Well, let me ask you this. Let me question your question. Well, what would happen if Urban Meyer went eight and four for two straight years? Yeah. Okay. It's so ridiculous because no, but that's what we're talking about now. Right. With, right. With basketball team. No, it's a good question. I yeah. I don't think people would be calling for him to lose his job. I would hope not. Anyway, that'd be the a thing that I always wonder. We've talked about this before, but what if Thad would have beaten Florida in 06? Right. How much of a buffer does having the I, ring give you? Yeah, I wonder. Because Urban's got a ring. Right. 
and he's got rings. But the thing that Urban Meyer does that Thad's not doing is he's creating the top recruiting class in the country every year. So, I mean, guys with rings get fired all the time. I mean, Jim Chizik got fired. Larry Coker got fired. You know, like, um, I'm trying to think of a basketball guy. Tubby Smith kind of got forced out at Kentucky and went to Minnesota with a ring. So, yeah, it happens. No, I thought that, I think that's a good comparison to make because if this, if you, even if you are going to hold Fad Mata against the expectations that he set, last year and this year don't lead to him losing his job after this year. Unless you think Urban Meyer going 8 and 4 back to back seasons also leads to him losing his job. Right. And I don't think it would. I don't think it should, and I don't think it would. No. Right? But now, I mean, like, and honestly, can you even fathom? I can't even fathom eight and four two years in a row. So. But you know what? Okay, but honestly, you should be able to fathom it because all it is is you lose your big non-conference game, right? And then you lose to Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State. We saw how good Penn State was. Can't we know what Michigan's becoming. We know what D'Antonio does at Michigan State. And if they have a step back here, here, and there, we even when they it, were terrible this year, they should have beaten Ohio State. How many times did Ohio State lose? Four games in a season during Trussell's ten years twice. Did the Big Ten stink? I mean, the Big I'm Ten was saying, down, even, but I'm saying like they had Ohio that big State step back year in 04. when they lost to Iowa, they lost to Northwestern, yeah, and then they came back in 05 and then like started rolling, yeah, and then they the other four loss year was the year after he got fired, and I'm thinking to myself. The following act for Urban Meyer is so impossible to think about. But even if the following act measured up to Jim Trussell, which was still very good, maybe a step behind Urban, but still elite, when's the last time Ohio State lost back-to-back four loss, had back-to-back four lost seasons? Even with the way that this program is set up, it's hard to fathom, regardless of Urban. But it's one of those things, I mean, it's... it's I think it's on one hand impossible to fathom, but on the other hand, not that hard to fathom. Because, all, again, all and, – and the difference is now you're in a tough conference. We've written this a million times. Jim Trestle took advantage of a down Michigan. You know, he wasn't beating Bo Schembechler every year. Took advantage of a down Michigan. Took advantage of uh, a, a Big Ten that had not yet uh, created the Big Ten network and started that money flow – and started the expansion that has helped it kind of grow a little bit. I think they were starting to suffer from the population shift, but they had not yet adjusted to it yet. You know, there was no um, Nebraska in there yet. He caught the Joe Joe Paterno on the downturn. He didn't catch the best of Joe Paterno. Um, So, not it just I can't separate the talent. But what if? But what if? Okay, here's. And he, he fixed it, but say – so they've had some offensive issues the last two years, right? Yeah. And we know that part of Urban's um, – when things got away from him – and he was only at Florida for six years. But when he – at the end for Urban, part of the deal was he tells it, everybody tells it, when he lost assistant coaches, the ability to replace them with people that were good and that he trusted, that was difficult. Let's say this Kevin Wilson thing doesn't work out. Let's say Ryan Day isn't the answer. Let's say they really miss Luke Fickle. Who knows? I'm spinning every worst-case scenario right mm-hmm. now. Penn State's on the way up. Michigan's on the way up. You would expect Michigan State's going to bounce back. It is not impossible to me that they lose to Oklahoma and you lose to those three teams this year and next year. 
right? And all of a sudden you're eight and four two years in a row. Who's the non-conference next year? To TCU? Uh, I can't remember who the 2018, I think it is TCU, yeah. You know, so they have that in place. Like that's not – like it's crazy to think about, but they are good teams that they're – they're playing four teams every year that they could lose to. So say they only lose three of those four, and then there's an upset that nobody sees coming. Yeah. DJ Durkin gets them. Or somebody in the crossover game. I don't even know who the crossover games are. There are some decent teams in the West, Wisconsin or Northwestern <clears> or Nebraska, play at Nebraska or sure. Iowa. Get you, right? Eight and four is not impossible. So take me – so now, again, we've just created this world. This year and next year, it happened. We just talked about it was the greatest recruiting class of all time. Ari, 2017. Ohio State goes eight and four and eight and four the next two years. Go into that world for me. How we would react. <laughs> you go ahead and descend and yourself. How fans would react. And what would be the real reaction and what would be the appropriate realistic re- reaction? I don't know. I, I think that the I think that the fan reaction would be pretty stunned. I'd be stunned. It's, it's I'm like Ari. It's hard for me to put, even though you just laid it out. And it wouldn't be that crazy. I think it would be pretty crazy. Be, well, no, it would be crazy, but crazy. it's not. I don't think it's unfathomable that Ohio State could lose to Michigan and Penn State in the same season, lose their non-conference game, and trip up somewhere else. The team. Yeah. Penn State and Michigan are good. Um, I, yeah, I, I, think, I don't think people would be calling for Ever Meyer's I think it would just be whatsoever. a little bit more of an intense feeling that people felt after the Clemson game. Does that make sense? Do you see what I'm saying with that? Of like confusion. Why don't they have the coaching staff? What's wrong with the offense? Why can't JT throw it? They would expect changes, but not a change at the top. Right. But would they be asking, is Urban Meyer losing his touch? After two years? No, I don't think so. Although they asked that it Florida, didn't they? I think think they would, would, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, No, I I think they would. If eight and four happened one year and it fell out of the sky... I feel like it would just be a shock to everybody and everybody would just be like, it was a weird year. If it happened again, I think people will be like, what's wrong? And going into that next year then. It's like right? if this happens again. In 2019, there would be a great amount of Because you can't have it both ways. If you have national championship or bust mentality, right. eight and four is busting out hard. Yeah, if you bust sure. out hard twice, it's not going to happen. Okay, yeah. I'm in the world. Again, we're not saying it is going to happen. And the last time we did a podcast about like what could go wrong with Ohio State football, nobody listened to it. (laughs) Make sure you don't put this in the headline. But it's just, again, we're trying to compare basketball and football, you know. And so Ohio State basketball is definitely at least in the second year of a downturn. Mm -hmm. That would be Ohio State football in two years of a downturn. And I think we agree – People would be asking questions, but nobody would say that Urban Meyer should be fired. But they would be asking, has he lost his touch a little bit? If people are asking that about Thad Mata, all I'm saying is he absolutely positively should get next year to see if he can get it back. And I think maybe he can. And I think maybe he can. Yeah, I think he can. I, I guess the question is, and I think I would have asked you this before, if if the norm for Ohio State is not getting Odin and not getting Selinger and not getting Michael Conley and, and it's recruiting – Three and four star guys developing guys into what Evan Turner became. Is Thad Mata the right kind of coach to do that? Is Thad Mata the right kind of coach to lead a developmental program, not a program that just reloads every year with young talent? Can Thad Mata be the Michigan State of football for Ohio State? Yes. I think 
<clears throat> because isn't the biggest – I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm no, sorry. No. But the biggest knock on Thad, I think, since I've been Player here, is players don't seem to change that much from year to year. That one and I, think senior, a, I think there's a lot of evidence against that in the past. But more recently, I think it's a fair criticism. And, like, Evan Turner is probably, like, the biggest anomaly of that. I don't think anomaly is the right word. The biggest no, – the thing exception. that you point to – I don't know about you guys, but I watched Evan Turner as a freshman, and you could tell that kid had it from the first time he stepped on the court. And I'm not saying they didn't develop him and help him become a better player, but that Evan, Evan Turner turnover. was Evan Turnover was special from the beginning. I think. I think if you gave Thad Mata a team of David Lighty, Jay Sean Tate, John Diebler, William Buford, Aaron Kraft, um, Andre Wesson. Caleb Wesson, uh, I'm just naming Dallas Lauderdale. I'm naming good players from Ohio who mm-hmm. aren't elite NF- NBA talents. None of those guys are in the NBA. I think Thad Mata would, in A, do well coaching those teams, B, enjoy coaching those teams, C, win with those teams. I don't know if he would win the Big Ten, but I think he would absolutely be one of the seven best teams in the Big Ten on a regular basis, make the tournament, and then every now and then when you supplement Tate and Kraft and Lauderdale and Wesson and Buford and Diebler and guys like that with a Jared Sullinger who pops up, then those are the years you try to make a Sweet 16 or Final Four run. So I think, yes, that can happen. I think that might be exactly what they're headed toward. And the question to me is, is that enough? Do you think that's enough? Well, you follow recruiting enough to know, Bill. Does it seem like that's the strategy that he's trying to buy into now? For sure. He's not He's not chasing the five-star All-American guys. He's got two commits for 2017. One's Caleb Weston's best player in Ohio. One is an under-recruited guard from Hargrave Military Academy, who a lot of people compare to Aaron Kraft, but he can shoot. Um, and then his 2018 recruiting class is three of the top five players from Ohio. Because this is what I think is funny, and I was waiting to bring up the basketball recruiting. Because the one thing that we left out on the whole what if Ohio State football went eight and four back to back is the fact that they're talented. Supremely talented and the recruiting classes in the foreseeable future are all doing the same thing. And we talk about the confusion of what the actual fan base expects. I think it's kind of possible back in 2012, 11, and 13 that even Thad might have been confused with the way that they recruited the way they tried to recruit, the way they attempted to recruit. And maybe they thought, well, we're in the Final Four three times in ten years. Why can't we go get Tony Parker? Yeah. Let's go get Why Joel can't we get Emil Jefferson, yeah. who all end up at Duke and UCLA? <clears throat> and sometimes I wonder if the – it's like when you're really at the blackjack table and you're feeling it and you're hot, you started playing the minimum bets, you start accumulating your chips, and then the next thing you know, you're like, I'm the king of this game – and all of a sudden your bets are four or five times more than they were when you started, then you end up losing, then you're off the square, you're behind square one, and I wonder if he tried to double down too much at the end. Are you speaking from personal experience at all? <laughs> Never <laughs> lost. That got real. No, but you know what I mean, though, when no, you accumulate. And we've talked yeah. about, and I think, they fi- I think they think they finished second for Anthony Davis. Yeah. And I think they might have actually done that, and I think there was a long time when they thought they had Anthony Davis, who was out of Chicago. Because their whole thing was Kentucky. national. So, um, yeah, and I think they've adjusted to that. I think, I mean, again, Definitely. we've written they're probably about that pay- before. They, but, yeah. Are they paying the price this year and last year for trying to do that then? 
because if they wouldn't have tried to recruit Tony Parker and they would have gotten Nigel Hayes yep. and they would have done these things, the teams that are underachieving right now and have holes on the roster based on what those guys would have filled, at least for the time being, are now most visible when those guys might have been upperclassmen or at least if Emile Jefferson or Tony Parker would have come, maybe they would have gone to the Sweet 16 one more time and they would be bad right now, but at least in two years ago you could say, hey, we were in the Sweet 16. Yeah. And I think if he can right the ship and do it the way that Ohio State has intended to do it and not recruit people who live in California, and they build the teams that Doug just with the William Bufords and the Aaron Crafts and those types of players, then I do think that being the seventh best team in the Big Ten would not be a stretch every year, and to have those D'Angelo Russell type years, and then of course once every three, four, five years, they could get over the top and make a run. And I think, for example, Micah Potter is the exact kind of guy they should have on this team. The issue at the moment is Micah Potter is playing too many minutes because half the team transferred after last year. Yeah. And if Micah Potter wasn't like their seventh guy and starting a lot, half the games this year, yeah, then. You wouldn't be talking about, well, Michael Potter's deficiencies on defense, whatever. He's just doing things that freshmen do. He gets tired sometimes. Yeah. He gets lost on defense, but you can see what's there. And he shouldn't be having to play as much because Daniel Giddens should be the second big man with Trevor Thompson, except Daniel Giddens transferred. I also think a lot of things, everything you just said is true, Ari. And then on top of that, their whole class transferred, which was a one-time thing. Has to be a one-time thing. I think it was a one-time thing. And, yeah. But, again, three of those four guys who transferred were out-of-state guys. Two from Texas, one from Georgia, one from Ohio. So, that's again, that's related to the point of going to national, missing Ohio guys. Maybe that was the final straw for Thad that's focused on Ohio. We won't have that happen again. But a lot of what's happening this year and you is exacerbated by the holes in this roster because of the transfers. Yeah, and I think it has – and I don't know if it's forced to change or whatever, but they have changed. And if you look at the places where they, even they're going recruiting, like there's a kid in Jersey that they like in 18 who they want, who they go out and see him every now and then. But a lot of their recruiting is centered on Ohio and like Indiana and Illinois. Um, they're not going out. They're not going to crazy places in the South, really. They're not going to Florida. They're not going to Texas. They're, they're keeping it local. And I think it's because they realize they maybe swung a little too big for a couple of years. And I think that's the thing that Thad should have the chance to, having refigured that, have the chance to see that through a little bit. All right. That was a basketball football podcast. He's Bill Landis. He's Ari Wasserman. I'm Doug Maurice. Follow us on Twitter at BillLandis25, at Ari Wasserman, at Doug Maurice. Follow us on Cleveland.com slash OSU. We do Buckeye Talk every week. Um, send us questions. We didn't do questions this week because, again, we were off last week, but um, we're all heading combine. We're going to the combine. We're going to have Browns and Ohio State coverage from the combine starting on Wednesday. Um, a lot of stuff. Eight Ohio State guys are there. Um, some really Marshawn Lattimore is going to be a super interesting prospect to see what his numbers are. Uh, Malik Hooker, I guess, is not going to do most of the stuff, but he's still a super interesting prospect. So both, all three of us will be there at different times during the combine, basically for for almost all of it. So there's going to be a lot of Ohio stuff coming for that. So make sure you read that and also read our Browns coverage from the Combine. So um, thanks for listening. Uh, and my advice is don't run half marathons. And Ari's eating pizza. And Ari's eating pizza. All right. So for Ari Wasserman, Bill Landis, I'm Doug Maurice, And that was Buckeye Talk.